I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The five-time legends are on the road again and they're heading down under. In Australia, your chance to meet and hear from Robbie Fowler, Diddy Haman and Jason McAteer. Sydney on January 3rd. Melbourne, January 7th. Perth a day later. Details at fivetimes.co and back on Merseyside. Celebrate Christmas with the Liverpool Legends. Tables available for our annual party with a whole host of former Reds. It's at the Hilton, December 12th. Details of tables and prices at fivetimes.co. Uh, well, here we are doing the podcast this week. Two fantastic ex players to talk about all things Liverpool, books, uh, and international breaks and injuries. Um, firstly, just to keep you up to speed on five times a couple of things to talk about a trip to Australia obviously if you're over there and you listen to this podcast uh, Sydney, Melbourne and Perth are the venues for Robbie Fowler and Diddy Herman and myself who were over there talking talking about all things Liverpool um, past and present so um, go on as usual to the five times .co website uh, for all the information it'll tell you dates, times and venues you can get them off the website that's five times .co more to things at home um, Ireland a couple of lads are going over to Ireland keep on the website that'll keep you updated uh, to where them venues are Cork is one name that's been mentioned but like I said keep on to the uh, the website and keep having a look um, back to today two players we've got with us two ex-players we've got with us um, probably one of Liverpool's greatest foreign players to ever play for for the great club uh, Jim Beglin is with us and uh, and we've got some fella called Jan Mulvey to give his views as well International break I think the first time it come around I think we were probably glad as Liverpool fans it's come around just so we can let the dust settle and sort of get our thoughts what's your take on, on this one Jim after the good win against West Brom is it is it coming a good time for Liverpool why do you stand on international breaks yeah um well, in this instance, I think it is because, um, as you say, just let everything settle. I think it was important to get three points against West Brom. I don't think the performance was was that important. It was just a case of just getting a bit of confidence back um, and just going into the the international break on a on a little more of a high um, with something more to look forward to. Now, I, it's it's obviously been a complete shift in what we saw last season. I mean, it's it's not the same Liverpool side. I'm sure this has been discussed on a few podcasts already. Because that intensity he liked to work with, that kind of dynamism, has gone through Suarez, obviously, Daniel Sturridge been injured. Um, and, and so it's a different way of playing. So we're not quite sure what we're going to get this season. It's been, a, it's been very uncertain. But, um, listen, three points against West Brom, and it's, it's hopefully a stepping stone to something, something better. I think Chelsea are on the horizon at Anfield. Um, again, I think apart from that, right up to the Man U game in December, in mid-December, I think it looks like a good run, and Liverpool should be able to hopefully put put a good few points on the board now and uh, and just get the confidence going again. Brendan just needs everybody fit again. I think if he gets everybody fit, um, we can probably put out close to the side that went out of Tottenham, which was the best performance of the season, and it was like the Liverpool 
of last season. That's how he wants to operate, and and until he gets the Sturges and the Allens fit, um, you know, we're probably not going to see that kind of football. Well, you just mentioned it there, injuries and, and getting that squad together. I think one thing Brendan will be doing with will be bracing himself. Excuse the the pun there, the medical pun of brace for uh, for this international break because last time obviously a few players come back injured. Um, what's your take on international football at this time of the season? And were we unlucky last last international break to to have so many injuries coming back to Anfield? There's not a lot you can do. Is it's, it's got to be fitted in. Uh, I'm not a great fan of the current format of, of the qualifiers for, for Euro 2016. But in terms of this international break, I think it's good for, for Daniel Sturridge. It gives him a, a chance to, to get up to speed. And I also think it's good for the manager. Because I think the manager probably needed a little break to clear his head because he was getting involved in what is my strongest 11? You know, how do I go about, how do we want to play? So I also think it'll, it'll help him to a certain extent. And in terms of injuries, all you can do is cross your fingers. I mean, Deshaun Lovren is, 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 is missing uh, the two internationals, so he'll be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, but Sacco could probably make it back. So most of the times you don't need a big squad, but there is moments every now and again where you need it. And, and I guess when, when the Premier League resume, we're going to need everybody. Well, that just takes <laughs> us back to, to Liverpool and... and sort of the domestic side of things you just touched on it there Jim West Brom probably I was at the game I watched the game probably the last 20 minutes we probably looked as finely balanced a team as what you mentioned there with, with Tottenham and I think you know one thing was to suggest that was Glenn Johnson was back on the pitch but Steven Gerrard for me was was pushed into that the, the peak of the diamond um, Lucas obviously sat where, where Steven played did it look did it look better for you? I, I, to be honest I was down at Villa Park that day I was doing doing a uh, Villa Man City game so I didn't see the whole of the game I saw the highlights so I haven't got an overall appreciation of things but in terms of, of, of the balance of the team and maybe Stevie moving him into a kind of a, a more forward role I, I, I don't see it personally I mean he's not getting any younger um, it's always difficult talking about a great if he has a little bad spell which, which Stevie had uh, he found things a bit difficult he didn't have to kind of the legs of, of, of Allen and, and Henderson that we saw at Tottenham that day either side of him when he was at the base of the diamond um, I still think that's the position for him I still think that that's, that's, that's where he can operate best um, I, just, I just think the side was struggling it wasn't just Stevie that the side was struggling and, and he kind of suffered as a result so in what um, sense though in, in the sense of he couldn't get people on the ball or well, the movement wasn't two good things, enough two things I think teams were on to Liverpool because the way they operated last season and Stevie got everything going from deep and we know about his range of passing and even if he gets into a kind of a wide position he's a great crosser great dead balls so you, you look at the uh, the Aston Villa game at Anfield when Agbonlahor turned his back on on um, when Liverpool had possession he just turned his back on where the ball was and he just watched where Stevie G was and he followed him and just made sure he couldn't get involved and not only that the following week then at West Ham um, Stuart Downing was kind of I never thought I'd be saying this, but Stuart Downing kind of outran him. He kind of he he, uh, he hustled Stevie G and looked like too much energy he had for him. And listen, I think there's probably a few things you never know with a player. Um, I mean, Stevie had the disappointment of last season, and it probably hits him harder than it did anybody else because of his connection to the club, his captaincy, um, local lad, all that. Then you had England in the summer. You know, then you had his international retirement, so I think, and then you had the blow of Suarez going, which must have, 
you know, been very disappointing for him as well. So I think subconsciously, I think it can get into a player a little bit. And I think, yeah, he definitely had a dip. Um, but I still think that that's, that's where he can operate. I know people have been talking about him even dropping further and playing at centre-back because we had problems there. I don't see that. I, I think in time with the Loverins you mentioned before and, um, and Skirtle, I think that can be sorted. I mean, I know it's a little, little unsure still, but when you look back on everything, and I know I'm going on a little bit here, the, the injuries did really mess things up because right from the start, Johnson was injured and Skirtle got injured. So at one stage, not only were Liverpool affected going forward in terms of losing the dynamism in their play, but they had a new back four. I mean, even when Sacco played at one stage, you had Sacco, you had Lovren, you had Moreno and Manquillo. That's a new back four. And, and so I, I think people... Um, are probably expecting what we saw last season, but highly unlikely we were never going to get it, you know. So, no, no, for me, um, Stevie's okay where he is, it'll be sorted out. Well, saying that, obviously, he's dropped into that role because you don't do as much running, and but playing at the peak of the diamond, surely you don't do as much running. No, no, you, you don't, you don't actually, but you, you know, it's whether those days are, are, are past him, you know. Uh, the problem with Gerard now is, and, and, and Jim just mentioned, you know, a lot of setbacks and a lot of disappointments, but. The problem with Gerard now is that it's okay for people now to start to suggest that he's finished or nearing, his, isn't it? And, and there's plenty of people out there who wants to be the first one, and then when he is finished, go, I told you so. And that's going to be the problem, isn't it? And the problem he's got is that if you compare Steven Gerrard to Steven Gerrard eight years ago, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? He, he is no longer that player. Yeah. But what you've got to weigh up is that what is his influence on this current team? You know, and even a Steven Gerrard not as his best, he's still good enough to be in that team. But Jim is also right in that the way that we played last year, uh, other teams have now found a way, which is what you expect, isn't it? Liverpool played the way they did for, for 12 months last year. You expect the other teams to find a way, or at least to find a way of trying to stop them. That's mm. what they're trying to do now. They're going, six years ago, how did you stop Steven Gerrard? You crossed your, finger, you crossed yeah. your fingers and, and, and hoped that he was going to have an off day, you get a bit of luck. How do you stop him today? Well, you get in, you, you get close to him because he doesn't quite have that little bit of a burst of pace now to get away so what he does he passes his way out of trouble Yeah. so you compare him to Pirlo who Pirlo couldn't run when he was 18 but he's passed his way out of trouble all his career and that's what Gerard now has to do is to pass his way out of trouble because Did he, you do that? I passed my way out of trouble because <laughs> although I was quick from 18 yeah although I, well, I couldn't run from when I was 6 you know but, <laughs> uh, but no so it's a totally different game Jason isn't it? Yeah. he now has to find a way of passing himself out of trouble and uh, I think the other teams have, have realised that you can actually afford to go really tight on Gerrard because he's not going to even if he gets by you you're still going to get a second chance of, of maybe getting back to big cover so it, it, it is tricky isn't it but it's just one of these everybody wants to, to be on the bandwagon mm-hmm. when, when a great is near yeah. and it is near whether that's two years or six years whatever but it, it is and it is downhill now for, for Gerrard isn't he you know, he's, he's peaked his career has peaked uh, so it's just one of them and he won't go away I, I, I wouldn't write him off. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't I, think, no, no, yeah. I, I, you wouldn't. Because, no, and, and I think well, it's you would agree, Jim, though, wouldn't you? That compared to eight oh, yeah. years ago, he's not that player oh, no, anymore. Well, he's had to tailor he's his not, game. He's, he's no yeah. longer our match winner, is he? Yeah. I sat there on Saturday, uh, one, one one against West Brom, and it's it's you go. I, I think we're going to win, mm. but if you give me a hundred quid to put on the next goal scorer. I don't know where to go with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know whereas last year you go, all right, give me a hundred quid. I'll tell you what, I'll have fifty on Suarez, I'll have thirty on on Sturridge, and I'll have twenty on Coutinho, whatever. Yeah. But this year you don't, I don't see 
the goals are coming and we're, 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 we are scoring but there's no one is it stand out there's no one every game where you go I tell you what you know so well that brings me on to obviously after the disappointments of, of Ball and then we come to West Brom the team selection was always going to be people felt it was going to be changed one player who can run but chooses not to um, Mario Balotelli um, obviously he was dropped at the weekend for Ricky Lambert did you see that coming after the performance against Ball or, or the performances of a whole this season well with the press kind of jumping on the line about um, Balotelli needs to score more goals which came from Brendan uh, I thought he might start him because I thought he might kind of you know back him on it he and give, give him a chance. a lot of attention to it hadn't he exactly so I, I, I was a little surprised that he decided to leave him out I was in Basel I did, I did the Champions League game um I got a little frustrated with him second half. Um, I think he has this tendency at times, and I'm sure they're working on it, that he kind of goes into his own little world, Balotelli, and he's kind of... I, I've always told him that he, he can be a little selfish the way he operates, and there's a bigger picture. He's got a, he's got a you know team duties, and he's got to keep working hard. Um, and I didn't like the kind of the arms going in the air when he was responsible for giving the ball away at times and feeling that his teammates should be getting on it. There was one little layoff for Coutinho where he had a go at Coutinho, Coutinho could do nothing about it, you know. He can't get there. So, um, but again, I, I, I'm not gonna, you know. I, I, I have already kind of been on the record as saying I've not been his greatest fan. I wish him the very best. I really do. But ultimately, Balotelli will be judged on goals. He's a goal scorer. He's a striker. That's what it's all about. He's going to be judged on goals. And uh, saying that then, Jim, like you, you, you say that. But if you want, if you want a, a 30 plus goal scorer with loads of well, we haven't bought that assists, Balotelli, have we? Well, I'm, that's what I was going to say. Loads of assists and like and good, af- yeah, he's good attitude, yeah, good attitude, working hard. His goals, his goals on record is good. But you take the penalties away, yeah, and set pieces, yeah, you take all that away. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not, not so great. So. But if I you want to play like that, it's going to cost you seventy-five yeah, million. Yeah. And I also think the the, the problem, of, and whether it is a problem with Mario Balotelli or not, but he plays the way he plays. So as a midfield player, and and even you, you two will know as fullbacks. Whoever plays the pass, you always get the credit, isn't it? But you know when you play with strikers who move before you've received the ball because they know mm. they make the pass for you, don't they? Yeah. So we played with them, didn't we? Whether it was Russia, whether it was Robbie Fowler or Michael Owen or whatever. The boys last season played with Luis Suarez. They make the pass. They're already on the move. Now, people are screaming at Balotelli, run, move, do whatever, but that's not how he plays. No. He totally believes in that. No, I'm going to stand here. You give me the ball. Yeah. And when I get the ball, I'm going to do something whether that is dribble have a shot or whatever the problem is he does it in his own time mm. which then affects the whole team because yeah. we want to do everything at 100 miles an hour and Balotelli wants to do everything in his own time so the effects but I'm not really blaming Mario Balotelli because I've watched Mario Balotelli for 8 years now play that way Yeah. he receives the ball standing still and then he starts to play well I think the, the classic example um, Sterling's goal at West Ham just what Balotelli did just before that when he took the ball out of the air, almost like Kung yeah, Fu yeah. style, didn't he? Yeah, Just yeah. controlled it, swivelled, hit it and rebounded yeah. and Sterling did the rest. That's what Balotelli's all about. I was going to go on to say exactly that. Don't you think it's a little... We're judging him a bit harshly still because he... I, I, I think, I, I think so. I he, think he's still settling him. in. He's settling I in. I think we're judging him unfairly. Yeah. But, 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 but it could never be any other way after Luis Suarez. And also because, yes, he is 16 million, but there's things that happen, isn't it? So last week... Liverpool are playing ball, you were there, I was at Arsenal. Welbeck scores a hat-trick, both 16 million, comparison, what would you rather have? Yeah. But to, to, two totally different players, you know, so it is very hard. In terms of the team selection at West Brom, 
Ricky Lambert was signed to play in certain games. Now, surely he was signed to play against the likes of West Brom at home after the Champions League game. So I wasn't overly surprised that Ricky got a run out in that game. I think one thing that's about for me, what, what I got frustrated about, and I was, I was trying to talk to you, but you had the cans on, you couldn't hear me, you were doing the, you were working. But did I miss anything? Well, you, I'm going to yeah, tell you now. Highly interesting, profound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing that struck me was I just felt a lot of the players were on the ball too much. Yeah. And one player who was on the ball a lot, who didn't really make it happen, and had a fantastic preseason. We thought, and after last season, you know who I'm going to say, yeah. Philip Coutinho. Yeah. I mean, what is he a victim of? What's going on at Liverpool? The, the way with Balotelli, for instance, what you just said. No, no, I, I, I don't think so. And I think because um, th- th- I think certain players are the, the collective, yeah, and, and it's not helped. But with Coutinho, so, some of it is just about the basics. Mm. It's about not giving the ball away, yeah. and it's just about the simple pass. He doesn't have to look for the killer pass. I remember him against Dortmund in the final warm-up game. He was mm. sensational. He was absolutely brilliant, and the pace of play, and he was linking it all up, and it was yeah. all really incisive and sharp, and it was fantastic. And I'm going into the season thinking this guy is now really going to kind of motor on. Yeah. Um, that's not happened the way. Obviously, <laughs> we've referred to it already the way the team started. But I think Philip Coutinho knows himself that he can produce more because. A lot of the time, it just kind of seems to be a lack of concentration. I, I don't know exactly why, but he's been sloppy. He's been sloppy on the ball, and he's given it away a lot. And you know what it's like. I mean, we came through an era where they drilled it into us day after day after day about not, not losing well, it and, and caring about it, and, and he's not. Yeah. Being a good player or a great player for a long time is very, very hard, isn't it? Because it's about standards. Yeah. yeah? Being a great player... Not, not wrong. Yeah, we, being a great player for a season or for two seasons is not a problem, is it? Yeah. But he's maintaining those standards. And I'm, I worry, he's got to be careful he doesn't become an exhibition player, hasn't he? Mm. Bit of this and a bit of that. Mm. And I think what we said before is just every game you start again, and how often do they say that to us? You win five mil a week before and then you go again, they go, you start again. You win the right to, to play. You pass, you, your, your first pass sets a tempo for the match. And Coutinho has a... His first pass is a flick, isn't it? Mm. He flicks it with the outside of his foot. He wants to back heel, and he wants to continue where he left off last season, and it's just not possible. I, I think that's true as well. I think when you kind of analyse the way this season is going, I think some of the guys from last season have struggled to hit last season's levels. I think Philip Coutinho is, is obviously one, um, and some of the kind of newcomers have struggled to kind of get to that level, i.e., Markovic and co um, and that's another contributory factor as to why it's all kind of you know it's it's all been toned down a little bit this season Happy Glenn Johnson's back Jim full back yeah I think it's good to have him available again of course yeah. you know um, I've always thought Glenn Johnson good player um, good full back exceptional going forward always always a little bit of a doubt as to his defensive yeah. duties at times but, uh, but no overall I, I've always liked Glenn Johnson and I think even though he didn't start the season great, I remember the Southampton game opening day, he didn't have the. He had a very indecisive game. He seemed a little unsure, and I think the crowd were on his back a little bit that day. But um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that he's available again. I'm probably in the minority here because I'm a fan. You know, I like Len Johnson. I am. Yeah, I, and I get stick for it. Yeah, and I, and I think sometimes the criticism of his is, is, is ours. Mm. I mean, let's put everything aside. Yeah, he's got a year left on his contract, whatever happens. It's, it's between him and the club, isn't it? Let him just get back in, let, let get him playing. You know, I know mm. people keep going back to Palace and he 
he lost us the title at Palace, but there was a lot of other things that gone, went on just before those goals, wasn't it? You know, where people didn't get good success. Well, yeah, I'm, I, I totally agree. I'm delighted that he's back. I think one thing that is sort of in the news at the minute is is new contracts. We're talking about new contract for Jordan Henderson. More autobiographies now. Um, we're getting on to that later. Yeah, I've got loads on that. Um, <laughs> I think I'm thinking of bringing out a book. Yeah, I've got a lot of anger to, to unleash. You know, I've been working on a as book. Long for the bitter, last as long as you're bitter and angry, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a book there. What Roy's inspired me. <laughs> I've been working on a book for the last um, the last five years. Yeah, I can't wait. To I'll do an hour at night. I'll do an hour in the morning. Uh, and when I finish calling her in, I'm going to start another one. <laughs> Um, obviously Jordan Henderson's been, been in the news about a new contract um, Daniel Sturridge but one thing that probably has come to light was, was Jamie Carragher's rant in the press in the week of Raheem Sterling's agent who he, he felt was sort of whipping things up um, how do you stand on, on Raheem Sterling is it all coming too quick again for him and too much is Jamie right with what he's saying I, I mean the I understand Jamie Carragher's old school, isn't it? As, as, as are we, you know. And he said what we all exactly. thought. And, and it's the fact that he's 19, isn't he? Yeah. And you want to give him a slap and go, listen, your time will come. Don't worry. Your money, your bank account will be filled. Do not worry about that. Well, because Jamie was suggesting it was the agent. Does the agent well, need yeah, to pipe down? Well, yeah, but it's, it's surely a team, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't have an agent, but I, I am convinced even at a place today with an agent, I would have been big enough to say, listen, there's a time and a place, isn't it? The day before, forty, big enough. You know, <laughs> definitely big enough. So, I don't know. Uh, but in terms of the contracts, the Henderson one, I, I mean, he fully deserves a new contract. Mm. But do you ever, do you ever think that was he on his way out, or was it always belief that he was going to make it? I can't quite make my mind up. But did we just get? Did we no, get the, a little? The, the did was, we get a little was, lucky there? Did we or not? No, he he got offered, I think, in a in a swap deal. No, but I mean, when he was at mean. Liverpool and he played his first yeah. season and it wasn't happening, he was the last of Kenny's. Yeah, you know, Kenny's imports only to survive. Did we, did we get lucky? Because, uh, no, I think I I I, 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 I think that I always remember the night uh, Europa League, young boys of Bern. Yeah, um, and for the first time that night, I always thought. Oh, there's a player in the making here because yeah. he played central midfield and he actually looked good on the ball. He looked technically good. He'd had a hard time before then. And I remember he set a couple of goals up that night. I think John Joe Shelby, I think, registered that night. Um, and I was down by the dressing rooms afterwards and he came bouncing out and yeah. Shelby was just about to be injured. I was really pleased for the lad and he shouted over to Shelby just before he went on the telly, you know, give us a mention. Yeah. I set you up and all that. And I felt really good for him. I thought, really pleased. And I, I remember saying it in one of the commentaries. The athletes turned into a, a footballer. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. he played again. Now I know, you know, cheers, yeah. I, I did come out with the occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think, um, <laughs> no, but but he's come on and leaps and bounds. And I think I think we're talking about getting lucky or not. I think no, he's, you, I think he's got a great attitude. Yeah, I think he's got a brilliant attitude, and I think he's made it happen. I think he knew that he had to produce more. He had to find a way yeah. of delivering at Liverpool, I and I think he has. And and if you think if would have come in and offered us eight million. Early enough, I think, yeah, it might have been taken. Yeah. So but we probably did get a little lucky that nobody came with that money, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, I agree. No, what I'm saying is that, and, and we maybe not so much in Jason's time, but when we were there, there was players in the reserves, isn't it? Where the club had earmarked him and him. Yeah, yeah. To come through. And yeah, exactly. So it's it, that's belief in the player's ability, isn't it? Yeah. What I'm saying is that, was that belief always there in Jordan Henderson, or did we get a little lucky? Because you know yourself... In, like take somebody like Paul Jewell, you know, for the mm. people who don't remember, Paul Jewell used to play in our reserves and he was top scorer every year and everybody used to go, why is he not in the first team? Yeah. But whereas the staff would go, 
he's not good enough yeah. well, well Jules the first I mean I remember my f- very first game was uh, I think Coventry at Anfield in the reserves when I came over on a month's kind of month's trial um, we beat Coventry 6-2 players, and Jules players came on trial yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and no good players who came on trial I didn't yeah. no and Jules exactly. the point, didn't he? Yeah. good players. Yeah. And Jules scored scored four. Yeah, yeah. But if but if you ask Julie now as to why he didn't make it, Liverpool, he's the first to say it didn't work hard enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, we didn't. He, he kind of he said he was, he was a little little on the lazy yeah, side. Yeah. But you can't say that about Jordan Henderson. He's uh, I mean, his energy was his kind of was his strength once yeah, upon yeah. a time. But, but at one stage, it wasn't enough, was it? No, exactly, exactly. And and fair, it's also hard, isn't it? When you run around a lot. You know to maximise, you know because a lot of people end up just running I think, around. By, by the way, not only that, but peer pressure. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah. if you're not hacking it, right. you know there's there's another at least ten fellas yeah. beside you that are going. You know, sorry, he's not good enough, and you feel that pressure in the dressing room that you've, you you've got to find more. That's not good enough. Like we used to, or you think they're a bit more caring these days? No, I, I, I think like Steve Jarrod would tell. Yeah, I'd like to think it can still be a bit cutting because yeah. ultimately it's a harsh place, a dressing room, man. Oh. Always is. I mean, you, you get you're, you're judged by your peers, yeah, yeah, and and you you have to step up. So I'd like to think that there's still one or two, yeah, senior boys that would, would have a harsh word, yeah, after the the bar that must game. have been some conversation. Yeah, yeah we, it was limited. <laughs> to be fair, very very limited. Um, I spoke to Rob and he, when he was getting on the plane um, coming back from Ball he was on the players plane and he said Stephen was fuming yeah. um, obviously he said hello and that, he just gave him a nod he said usually he'd have a couple of words yeah, for him yeah. but he said he was fuming yeah. he just he just felt like he'd exploded in the dressing room and, but don't and you think also he's feeling that and the way that we started the season there's no guarantee that we're going to be in the Champions League next year mm. he doesn't want it to be a one season no one. no does nobody does just, just what I'm saying on. is that don't you think that Gerard thinking we might not qualify for next year let's not let's at least get out of this group because it is a group that we should get out of isn't it you know mm-hmm. but obviously losing to Barley yeah. well they're, they're going to be a, maybe the better second place yeah. although I think we'll beat Real Madrid but that's for another day I'll tell you I just, just wanted to touch on, on the Jordan Anderson thing again was obviously when Kenny was the manager and like you said he brought him in I felt that Kenny when he was the manager with, with the team he had previous because they were so good he'd set them up and let them go and play I don't think there was much coaching going on with Kenny that's just the way it was at Liverpool I think obviously as times changed and the worry was when Kenny come in that he was going to have to coach he was going to have to have a philosophy and that and I don't know whether that was quite the case with Kenny and I think with Jordan I think he suffered with that is if Kenny said right this is you're playing on the right you just go and do your stuff because you're a good player and I think Jordan didn't have too much direction in his play he was a little bit over enthusiastic and running around like a bit like a headless chicken which was his great strength his energy but I think what's happened I think with Brendan coming in with this philosophy sort of toning him down giving him a job to do giving him areas to run in because he used to just run into areas and you think why are you going there why are you going on the overlap just stay there you know things that we'd see and I think he was just over into I think with Brendan I think he's pulled him in and he's he's shaped him into the player that's invaluable to the team and I think I think that's obviously down to, to Brendan and that's not a criticism of Kenny that's just the way Kenny manages just different managers isn't it but I, I do think there's a sense of answering your question there's a slight bit of luck in the sense of maybe Brendan thought he wasn't quite what he was looking for and I think if he could have got him out at the right money I think possibly he might have done so I think we have fallen a bit lucky the answer to your question because Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Because now we've got, because now we've, we have now got, we've got a 24 year old midfield player just about to sign a new contract. You could see him being, it was looking more than what we bought him for. Yeah. Oh, he's, which, which he's is really good. But you're, talking about, there, isn't but you're talking about the next seven, eight years, isn't it? and as a manager, that is just a dream scenario, isn't it? Where you go, I tell you what, I've got him yeah. for the next seven, eight years in there doing his job. Yeah. Perfect. Vice captain as well, which yeah. which I think says a lot. The fact that he's been kind of yeah, pr- promoted to that, I think, tells you that you got you got the right character yeah. here. It helped Daniel Agger being the vice captain, didn't it? <laughs> I think one thing I noticed about Jordan Anderson when he scored was the passion that yeah, he showed yeah. when yeah. he scored. He was so made up, and he, in some ways he was uh, he was annoyed, wasn't he? With his, his his aggression he showed when he scored. I mean, nearly ripped yeah. his knees capped off when he went onto the Astro turf. The, I mean, players are, the players are also comparing <laughs> this season to last season, aren't they? So the players are frustrated, aren't they? Like, like, the, frustration, the, like the fans are frustrated and going, what's happening? The players are the same, what is happening? We're doing the same in training, I feel a million dollars, but it's not happening. But we know how it, that's how it goes, isn't it? Sometimes it's happening, other times it doesn't happen. Just sort of about, just to finish off on the transfer stuff, are you expecting January when it opens? It's only around the corner. I was lying in bed this morning thinking there's only... Only ten or twelve weeks, isn't yeah, it? For Christmas. Quick, isn't it? And let's yeah. get going. Let's get the paper in early. You can get up the road and get three rolls for a pound early. <laughs> um, January, when the window opens, do you think there's going to be a, a mad rush for that striker again, Jim? Or do you think possibly? We... I, well, it was the big issue towards the end of the the summer window, um, and Balotelli obviously came in. Yeah, I mean, if if nobody steps up and, and starts scoring, scoring the goals, and Balotelli isn't delivering as the manager has has requested, then yeah, I, I think. I think he's got to go again. I think they're probably going to have to, yeah, f- find find the dosh to uh, to invest in in another striker. Definitely. I mean, I know there's talk about Iguain. I was going to say any any names. Yeah. Antela Iguain. Yeah. Um, I I I I like both from what I've seen. Um, Is it both both are out now goal scorers. Yeah. Jan, Jan made a good point. Sorry, Jan made a good point. It's like you get Balotelli. He plays that way. Yeah. That doesn't fit into the system. It's no, important. It he finds a striker. That but fits the system. But, but in terms of that, if, if you're Brendan Rodgers and you're serious about Balotelli, then you change the way we play. Yeah. To give him a better yeah, chance, yeah. I mean, but but I don't think that's going to happen. When you think about last season, really, with Suarez, Sturridge and Sterling, the mobility, the rotation, the movement, the pace, the intensity at which it was all done by, it, it was phenomenal. But don't you think Brendan Rodgers, being a very, very bright man, realised that probably sat down with his with his with his video guys and looked at Suarez and go okay what what is it that he does yeah. that can benefit us and from then they then shape they did shape the way we played they go let's take nothing out of his game everything he does we turn into a positive we get everything everybody on the same page yeah so when he goes chasing in the corners whereas maybe in our day you'd go leave it 
he goes chasing in the corner we all go with him we play and he decided the way that we play and I think we've just lost the hole is massive the hole is massive and more and more apparent how big he no, but yeah, well, that, that's why I think some of the criticism and some of the yeah. some of the fans get a little upset and get a bit impatient about the way things have gone. But the whole dynamic has changed. It's a completely different team, and that's why I think it's harsh. I think Brendan Rodgers needs time to kind of figure it all out. And and if it's not back to the, the lead point here, and if it's not happening come January, I, I think he could well go back into the uh, transfer market and 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 try and get. The goal scorer that see, the, we may need. See, when Suarez was here, and, and, and I hate, but we are going to keep talking about Suarez for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. The defenders who played against Suarez, never mind the way that they defend, but the way they play on the ball, they couldn't play because he was on the pitch. Even if he was 5, 10, 15 yards away from you, he panicked them. Do you remember the Spurs one? I was going to say Kabul. He, he was just horrendous. <laughs> you know, honestly, God, I'm 51 yeah. years of age. I'd have brought that down and passed it out. Yeah. He panicked yeah. because Suarez was on the same pitch. And we've lost all that fear factor. Yeah, fear, fear factor. Psych- psychologically going out onto a pitch. Where, does, where I, is he? When is he against, coming? I'm up against that. <laughs> I'm up against yeah. that, and not not just Suarez, but I'm going to have Sterling yeah, yeah. and Sturridge buzzing around me yeah, as well. Yeah. Nightmare for defenders. Yeah. Do you think Brendan's learnt anything when he went to Ball and, and played with quite an expansive team? Obviously, the Real Madrid, the, the two games are coming up. Do you think he's learned something from from that European football? Because you guys will will know European football is. You need to sometimes shut up shop, don't you? Sometimes you, you can't go expansive away from home. You need no, to nick that point. You know, it was a very attacking team that he played. It's it's learned. There's definitely a way of playing in Europe, isn't it? And it's yeah. taking time, isn't it? And I think Manchester well, that was City. always going to be the way. I think Manchester City, City, City is the yeah. best example of how difficult it is, isn't it? Well, well, why did, and why I think Brendan, yeah, when, when, with City, when you've got See, Pellegrini, who knows how to play in Europe. City have got, by the way, in the it's last the three seasons, they've got yeah, two really tough yeah. groups yeah, no, as well. But to be fair, you would still expect City to be able to compete with Bayern Munich with Real Madrid last year when they played Barcelona you expect them come on City you know this is this is what you this is your whole existence isn't it to be able to compete with the biggest boys in there so Brendan in terms of Brendan and Baal he'll look back one year and think oh, I could have done with a point there you know what I mean should we just have gone for the point you know I, I, I think as well I think City and Liverpool Pellegrini Rodgers similar philosophies very kind of essentially very attacking teams like to be on the front foot and I think you can suffer a little mm. bit like that and I think that's an issue. If, if you listen to Brendan the last two summers, he's spoken about the defence and the need to tighten it all up, not just defensively, but as a, as a, as a unit, as a whole team. Um, and that's probably become a bit more pronounced this season in that there have been problems at the back, certainly on set pieces. Nobody seems to be taking command. Mm. I think obviously lost the goal in, in Baal, Basel uh, because of that. And I think it's a problem because Lovren and... Skirtles seem kind of obsessed with grappling. They, they, they love he, holding, and they can't. Yeah, they can't even right. kind of compete. They can't even jump by the time the ball comes because, yeah, because they're the so wrapped matter, up in it. it? You know, yeah. What did he used to say to us, Jim? I know I keep going back to what did he used to say to us. There's only one ball. Yeah, yeah. Deal with the ball. Then it doesn't matter. We, you know, you have people shouting. They go, "I'm here with three men," and they go, "There's only one ball." There's the ball. Head the ball away. Kick the ball away. Then, then it's all the danger's over, isn't it? Yeah. Are you worried about the Madrid game at home? Not at all. No. No. A little bit. Yeah. I have to be honest, a little Not bit. Be, simply because of their pace, that's yeah. all. Um, and I've no doubt that Liverpool will be on the front foot and trying to have a go at them, um, take the game to them. 
and with the likes of Bale, Ronaldo, and that blistering pace, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be a little concerned. Yeah, it's a tough one, very tough. But you're not too concerned that Liverpool obviously can still go through if they don't win both games. Is it the game you write off, the game you go and enjoy, the game you don't really worry about? I do worry if we get to four points in the Champions League with three points. Right. That does worry me. But I'm not overly worried about the home game because I think we'll unsettle them. I think the atmosphere will unsettle them. Uh, they can't defend. I don't care what anyone says. They can't defend. I think we'll unsettle them. And I'm not worried about the home game. I am worried about the, the game in Madrid. To be fair, you yeah, know? yeah, that looks totally different on paper to me. But at Anfield, no, I'm not worried. Well, domestically, we've got QPR, Hull, I think Newcastle next three games. You expected nine points from them, Jim? Are you, are you looking at it thinking you know know what you're going to get this season? I don't. I don't think you could kind of put a banker on nine points. Yeah. Um, United, listen, I mean, we looked at United's first six fixtures. You thought you'd be top of the league, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. I was hoping they were going to be in the bottom three. <laughs> but yeah. similar fixtures, and that's no disrespect to them teams. But you just felt it's what I'm trying to say is that there is no easy. You can't look at Newcastle fighting for that. Well, Alan Pardew's fighting for his life, and he. I think obviously we're all hopeful that Daniel Sturridge will be back, and that will kind of influence things to the positive. But. Um, but no, because of the way things have gone, you, you, you can't really think, oh, well, that's going to be a definite nine points. It's not that kind of season. But no, as I said before, excusing Chelsea, which is going to be very tough at Anfield, um, and they've got more about them this season as well in, in terms of Costa's in and, and Fabregas. Um, I, I think that there's a run of fixtures that Liverpool can, yeah, amass quite a, quite a few points now and, and, and get into a very good position to hopefully use as a springboard to better things ahead. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that those three games you just mentioned will be the start of that, yeah, and there'll be at least six, seven out of nine, if not nine. Yeah, yeah I, I'm totally the same. I can't get out of my head last season. It's so fresh in my memories what happened last season. So every time Liverpool play, people go, what do you think I go 3 4 now? Yeah. Because yeah, because I remember last, last season, season it's so fresh, yeah? yeah. And I'm going even on Saturday against West Brom. I'm thinking, this is it, you know. I'm not the start, but this is it. We're quite capable. We create so many chances. We're going to win three or four nil. We haven't hit that yet. So, just saying, I'll, QPI I'll, expect us to blitz them. Yeah, I don't expect them to be able to keep up with our pace. Mm. Then Holcomb, yeah, they'll they'll be Steve Bruce teams, and I have a lot of time for Steve Bruce as a manager. But of course, we'll beat them at Newcastle at Disarray. We'll, we'll absolutely batter them. You know what I mean? But reality might be different. Well, I mean, after t- 20 minutes of most games last season, you're wondering you to, how many Liverpool yeah, are going to score. And after 20 minutes of games this season, you kind of think, ooh, where's this going to go? Yeah. You know, it's, 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 and that, it's changed. That, to be fair, masks over a little, doesn't it? it? It was no coincidence that we scored so many early goals, but how easy does it make the game? You know, if you're 2-0 up inside the first 20 you've, minutes... You've killed it. I, you you've know, killed it. Yeah. And you've got to go to the opposition, even at Anfield. Come on, then. Yeah. You have to come at us now. Yeah. We're going to kill you. Yeah. And obviously, we're, we're missing those early goals. Just to move on to other stuff, uh, sort of wrapped all the Liverpool stuff up, and you know, in the news this week, it's obviously there's been two big personalities have brought books out this week: Kevin Peterson and, and Hillary Clinton. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, Case. <laughs> Jimmy Case as well, yeah, he's brought his book out. Um, no, obviously, I've got, <laughs> I've got to mention it because my phone's been red hot this week. Do you uh, have any? Uh, well, friendship. Yeah, Roy. What, no. is, what is your connection with Roy Keane? No, there isn't one. No, we used to get on famously, infamously. I've, I've, uh, I've sat on row one Ryanair back from. He don't fly Ryanair. So he did, yeah, line, into Liverpool. Ryanair, row one, the two of us next to each other. Well, he would have sat his PA for booking him on now. I know that. <laughs> but um, I think the, the Kevin Peterson one is is really interesting, talking about a, a bullying culture and 
It's obviously very difficult, isn't it, Kevin Bees? Sorry to interrupt you, isn't it? But you've got one guy yeah. who's accusing the whole dressing room. Yeah. And the whole dressing room's going, what are you talking about? Well, that's what I was going to lead up to. He, he needs... He needs surely a bit of backup for credibility on, yeah. on when it comes to stuff like this. Do you not think? But what is bullying, Jim? Well, that was going to be my question, to be fair. What is bullying? Because I used to get the biggest rollicking and change yeah, that R to a B um, in the dressing room. But let's, and it never, I never looked at it as bullying. But your di- yours, yours is slightly different because you came to Anfield and went straight into the first team dressing room. Now, you went, you, well, you went the other way, didn't you, Jim? Yeah. Resis. Exactly. So eighteen months. Exactly. So, what? What? I mean, I don't know. Because that was a tough learning school, wasn't it? Trying to back then. Yeah, it was the toughest. I mean, it might have changed now, but I, I always remember Bob Paisley, God rest him, saying about Avi Cohen, another left back, that he could never really handle the banter. Yeah. And the like, the little digs at him, and and those little jibes and stuff, you know, which is all part of it. He couldn't take that, and he used to kind of go into his own shell. You've got to be able. You've got to be hard-skinned, and and and. Um, as, the, as the boundaries change, then Jim. Obviously, yeah. with us, yeah. you know, it was taken to the edge of a of a very big boundary. I mean, if it had been touched up in the showers or something like that, I think that would have been crossing that line. Or someone give that's, me a little slap every now and again. I think that was crossing the line. That's but bullying. <laughs> no, I was going to say that's my in my head. That's bullying, right? I mean, a few harsh words and maybe a, a cup of tea think, flying through the air. Yeah, I can't I, really. Say it constitutes bullying in a dressing room, and I'm getting the feeling it's a little bit tame. This this stuff, what he's kind of saying. Well, because, I mean, at Liverpool, and that's obviously the only one we can deal with, isn't it? But I don't think that anyone at Anfield ever did anything that he didn't think was going to benefit you. You know, the staff. Yeah. You know, the way they spoke to you and the way they tried to g you up or get a reaction. They they felt get a reaction is probably what the word the line. Yeah, you know, get a reaction. Yeah. I think they felt that everything they did. Would, would would benefit you and you look back at someone and you think you know maybe not yeah. well do you know it was all about being a man back yeah. then and not showing any weakness yeah, yeah. seriously yeah, that's you're the way it was Jim as well. you're, you're the, you're the yeah. best at what you do surely that line is much but, higher but, than but, a Sunday league dressing room but you yeah, have yeah. to be answerable to something you have to and you well, were always made yeah. you were always made to feel that way there was always that humility would kick in yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Ronnie Moran was mostly responsible for that the first to kind of give you you know, a, a rollicking, but always like feet on the ground. You know, just just keep your head, lad. All that kind of thing. Listen, I don't bore you, but I always remember Ronnie Moran used to moan at me a lot because he was a left back. So, and as you know, well, I used yeah, yeah right, I used to get well. Yeah, exactly. You hate playing on that side, didn't you? Because <laughs> you know you know, you'd get it. Right back, that's you know, very good. All right, thanks. Yeah. Ronnie would always say to me, "Listen, son," he says, "When I stop moaning at you, I feel you can't get any better." Yeah, yeah. That's what he used to always say. And you know what? He never moaned at me again after I broke my leg, and I missed it. I yeah. missed it because I knew I was knackered. Yeah, that's a compliment, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, when you used to go training, and you'd have obviously we had a lot of fireballs, didn't we? And he put you on two touch and leave everyone else. You felt a little bit yeah. gutted, a little bit, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Well, you can't pass backwards, or you can whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. Well, just to, I mean, you know him very well, and you've obviously sat next to him on Ryanair, which I don't believe. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's not Hillary, Hillary Clinton, um, Roy. Has obviously brought his book out, and a lot's been in the media this this week about it. Little extracts and that. A little bit disappointed some of the things that have been said, or a little bit surprised, not surprised. Uh, to be honest with you, and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Roy no. because what a player. Um, I don't really care. No, I, I, I'm, 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 I, I'm not. I'm not into. I think it's most footballers or ex-footballers' books are the same kind of right. working-class lad made good sort of thing. Yeah. 
just the only thing I'd observe with Roy is that I don't know what went on in his, his younger life. There's an awful lot of kind of anger and, and resentment and yeah. bitterness, and he just seems to be trying to offload all that on, on anybody he can, and, and particularly um, Alex Ferguson, Sir Alex. Um, I think that's the main reason he wanted to get this book out. I think that's the, the main target. I think he's got a lot of baggage with him. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Just obviously, it's thin ice, isn't it? And it's, it's sometimes hard way to answer on that because you. You're worrying about a right hook off him next time you see him. But bad timing in the sense of Ireland now going into this important two games. I, I don't really think it should affect things. I, th- no. I think it's a, amongst all the lads in the dressing room, probably a few of them will have a little read of it and yeah. it'll be a laugh and a joke, you know what it's like. But in, in terms of influencing things, no. And the next game is Gibraltar. So I can't see it being uh, a trigger for complacency or a loss of concentration or anything like that no not a, not a problem you, you, can, you can't use that as an excuse you I, my career was too short to have anything to write about <laughs> no I mean I'm like Jim it's not, I, you know I'm emotionally not involved you know yeah. because of Roy Keane and I read the book and I mean he's, he's, his big thing with the book is to try and take some of the credit away from Sir Alex Ferguson yeah. isn't it yeah. You know, in Roy Keane's book, Sir Alex Ferguson was not a great manager and not a great coach, and he's trying to take some of the credit away from him. But in terms of Roy Keane, Jason, you know him better than us. You, you fell out with him, didn't you? I fell out with him more than once. Yeah, but was there not a was it the Sunderland one or? Yeah, it was off the back of the the, the World Cup, wasn't it? It was um, in Saipan, obviously. Roy, which probably you will be reflected in the book, and I don't. I'm not. I've not bought it yet. In fact, I'm not even going to buy. It. I'm going to wait for someone to give me. Um, but. It was obviously we got to Saipan and Jim will, Jim will tell you and probably it goes back to that That's sort of two thousand and two yeah yeah it probably goes back to what we were saying about you know not being given things and working hard for things like our training ground with Jack and stuff I mean it was right by the airport you couldn't hear the team talks it was but doesn't he contradict it was full then? of mud one it it but was doesn't he contradict himself then in what sense because Roy's kind of going just get on with it isn't it. That's his attitude, isn't it? No, is that's not his attitude. No, but that's the way the book comes across, isn't it? Just oh, get oh, on sorry, with it. Yeah, yeah, Stop moaning, get on with it. Yes, 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 yes. And then he turns yes, up at a training ground and goes, I'm not training here. Yeah, I don't like it, yeah. yeah. It's not good enough. Why are we staying in the airport hotel in little pokey rooms? No. But for me, and probably you a know, lot fine, of us... Fine, economy class to South Korea two weeks before your first game. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't agree with that. Like, but no, but two weeks before your first game or yeah. ten days before your game, by the time the game comes around, you would have recovered from that flight, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, you think you would, yeah. But my my point being is, you know, we we weren't England in the sense of nice hotel rooms, nice hotel, proper training ground, all this kind of stuff. We proper worked hard at it when we joined up with Ireland, didn't it? And, and in some respects, I felt that brought the best out of us. We have become very much a, a strong team, what about you and good Roy, did unit. You not fall out? So did, did you room together? No, I room next. I room next door to him, which was close enough. Um, but there was this thing where you were at Sunderland when you played yeah, Sunderland. Yeah, I'm going to go on to that, which is shut up. There's a story. So yeah, yeah, but we, no, but we haven't. we got the reason we fell out was obviously Saipan happened and, and things weren't good enough for Roy, and he decided to air his his differences with Mick McCarthy over dinner one night, and he'd done an article in the paper and decided to to use that article to vent his frustration. It got back to Roy, and he was brought up. If if I probably went back in time, I'd probably say to Mick knowing what was going to happen probably do it face to face not in front of the lads Mick felt it was a team thing and it needed to be aired and uh, and it was done in that room and it got out of hand things were said I mean it's like a Chinese whisper things were said that weren't things are said now that weren't said in that room you know it, it's, some things weren't weren't said like it was but it was an overheated argument and it was really surreal because you don't really see anything like that there was no bullying going on or anything and, and he decided to go home and then 
there was a there was a meeting afterwards um, where Mick decided he he's had enough of all the pressure and said to the lads you can you can sit down without any of the staff there and if the players want him back um, then I will take him back with open arms and we'll get on with it and um, I think it was 23 players left I think there's 24 or 21 there's 22 I can't remember and um, only one player stuck his hand up well in fact two players stuck their hands up and one when he looked around the room and seen that no one else had put he put his, put his hand down it's yeah. true that Dean Kiley the goalkeeper said I can do a job in midfield for you guys. What happened there was um, after the the argument with Mick, Roy decided to walk out the room, and there was this this air of silence. It was you know like you don't know where to look, and sort of everyone's looking down. It felt like a lifetime, but it was only a, maybe a minute or so. To be fair, it's been a long, as long as this story, isn't it? Did yeah. you not fall out with him when you were under there? And then Mick said, "Has anyone got anything to say?" And Dean Carly put his hand up. And Mick said, what is it, Dean? And Dean went, uh, I just want you to know, Mick, I can play centre midfield if you need me. <laughs> so, so everyone laughed. But, um, but Roy, when he found out... Well, when he found out about this this meeting and he found out that the lads didn't stick up for him, he went on a one... The Premier League started then in the, in the August and he went on a one-man mission to basically name <laughs> all the Ireland players that were in the squad. So he went to Leeds, battered Kells and Ian Hardy, went and smashed Matty Holland... And then he come up to the stadium of lights and um, Man United Sunderland. Well, you were the king of the manor, yeah. Well, he's coming up to my patch, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. And um, and then they'd gone one nil up, and then I set the I set the equaliser up, which he weren't happy because I'd run off the back of him, and um, and then we got to the middle of the park and I just had a big fight. What? Yeah, but what caused the fight? It's just oh, we just started well, the fight. Obviously, his aggression towards me and wanted. There was an attack and missed. Yeah, it was a, no, it was like we. Yeah, he threw an elbow. I dived on okay. it. And we both fell on the floor. And then he was going to tell. He was telling me what he was going to do to me. And his book, his first book, had just come out that week. Um, and he was telling me what he was going to do to me. He was going to rip me head off. He's going to do this. Going to do that. And I said to him, "Listen, put it in your next book. I'll read about it." And I'll, I'll, which you're going to do if somebody gives you the book. Yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. going to pay it. I'm not going to buy it. No chance. Back in the day, well, ITV did a Champions League game, Villarreal, Man City. Afterwards, we all kind of went out for a, a late meal. Um, and Roy told the whole Saipan story. Told, told in a his lot. Words. In his words. Um, never gave you a mention. I was sitting next to him in the room. I, I got I'd ringside seats to, yeah. to the whole so thing. Were you yeah. egging him on? I said, go on, Roy. Have, a, you know have what, a go. You know what it likes to start? You think when you're in a training camp like that, it takes the boredom away, doesn't it? Go on, Roy. <laughs> it just doesn't. I was a bit more go on, mate. <laughs> somebody's a kick off, you know. No, I mean, and you know what the mad thing is? When the dust settles, you can see his point. You can see his point. The training kit turned up late. The training ground weren't great. You can see it from Mick McCarthy's point as well, because we went to Japan and it was unbelievable, state of the art. And what what I was trying to say was Roy never bought into to the closeness that we had yeah, yeah. because of the little hotel because of the poor training ground because of the, the mud everywhere because we weren't England the way England did things and because he was at Man United and seeing the way they did things he thought that should have been the way Ireland would never have been as strong if we'd have been like that we were who we were because of of what we did and For how sure. the things and we yet, had and yet against Spain in that tournament that. if he'd been that team that night I mean, I know missed the penalty That's in the like 90 minutes. Should have won it. But yeah, but <laughs> but you 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 would feel that his presence in the team, Ireland, could have gone further yeah. in that competition. But surely, isn't, ah, that, isn't, isn't that the story of? Lost. But isn't yeah. the story of Roy Keane? It was dealt with in the wrong manner at the wrong time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he should have stayed. Yeah. Surely, I dealt well, with it afterwards well, in a different way. He came back when Brian Kerr offered him a chance to come back. He he, he came back, yeah, yeah. so he he realised he'd made a huge error of judgment himself. 
they didn't have no, to well, like uh, each other, Roy Keane and Mick McCarthy, but they could have found a solution to to allow him to stay and to. He, come, he got Brian Kerr got Roy back to going back to play for Ireland, and um, he rang me up. I was injured. I'd just had my groins done, and I was coming back from injury. And Brian Kerr said to me, "I've got Roy back in the squad." He said. I'm going to do a press conference I want you to be there so I want you to fly into Dublin and I want you to sit the other side of me and I want to put it all out there and air our views and get it all on the table and kiss and make up shake hands and, and get on with it so what I is he no thanks Brian what is, is, he, is, is he brutally honest or is he angry and bitter both both I think there's a bit of both yeah there's a lot of anger though isn't there huge amount no. I mean I I, I tweeted the other day about you know like that, I mean I know it's a fictional character but he's like Tony Soprano yeah. I mean he, it's almost as if he needs a shrink a hitman who needs a shrink I know and that's a bad mix <laughs> it, it, it is a bad mix it is a I bad know. mix and that beard what's your take on the beard well Alf Inger wasn't impressed was he no he's, yeah I've seen all that in the week I just you just feel sometimes that you know you meet you meet the great players don't you and like it was with Zola at the weekend. He was a great player. Though, last for the World Cup. Roy Keane was a great player. Yeah. What my point? My point being is, you meet the greats, the real greats, and and I've I've been lucky enough to. Well, I was two sitting here, Pete McDowell and yeah. <laughs> no, there's two great players here, and you meet. No, you, what I'm trying to say is, you meet the greats, but there's something that it's, it's not just the performances on the pitch that makes them great. It's their attitude and the, and the niceness. And sometimes you look at Roy and I think. I just wish you were a nice person because you were a great player. Which kind of takes us back to what Jan said before about levels, about hitting levels and not mm. letting your kind of level drop from one season to the next, no matter what you've been through. Um, and Roy Keane was was driven, wasn't yeah, he, yeah. to always hitting that level and never falling below I, it. I am different than Jason, though, in terms of when I meet great players, because regardless of what they're like off the field, would never make me change my mind about them as players, you know. Mm. And I, yeah, well, well, I know what well, we do. Cause I think Roy's a great player. I understand that when you're at that level, every week under that scrutiny, and uh, you know, and don't forget, it's much more, isn't it? It's, it's everybody's the manager, isn't it? You know, the manager's always onto his star playing. Go, well, come on, I need you. The teammates are looking to him, aren't they? The fans, if he doesn't have a good game, the press on his back, isn't it? So, yeah, but what Roy I understand that everybody, everybody finds a mechanism of, of trying to deal with that, isn't it? Yeah, but what Roy used to think was what was mentally good for him get him up for a game or the way he was treated to get up for a game because he only believed in his way yeah but, but we're not all built like that are we no, we're not all that. 25 robots that. and that maybe is his biggest failing isn't it yeah. he has no understanding yeah. for mere mortals it's true it's true because he, he answers to nobody no you know yes. he's yeah. he's kind of the alpha male isn't yeah. he yeah, he's, yeah. he's one of those and, uh, and he's always been the leader so um, yeah trying to live up to, to his standards has been difficult for, for everybody else that was brilliant I mean I've got to wrap it up because Waterstones is about to shut and I've got to get up there quick um, well lads that was brilliant really enjoyed that thanks Jim thank you thank you the five time legends are on the road again and they're heading down under in Australia your chance to meet and hear from Robbie Fowler Diddy Haman and Jason McAteer Sydney on January 3rd Melbourne January 7th Perth a day later details at fivetimes.co and back on Merseyside celebrate Christmas with the Liverpool legends Tables available for our annual party with a whole host of former Reds. It's at the Hilton, December 12th. Details of tables and prices at fivetimes.co.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.